0: for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Happy New Year, nerds. I hope everyone managed to get at least some time off to recharge. I am back and pretty excited for 2020. I feel like it's going to be a good year. And I am very happy to start this year and the new season of the podcast off with today's guest, Annie Little. She's a former lawyer and now a career coach specializing in coaching lawyers, because who understands us better than one of our own? Annie walks us through a very helpful framework on thinking through a career shift. It means going back to the drawing board a bit and asking ourselves about our core values. It means training ourselves to think differently. It is not a quick fix, but nothing worth it generally is. So I hope you'll find this conversation as helpful as I did. Annie, welcome to the podcast. Ah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. This is going to be a different conversation than some of my past guests, but it's going to start in the same place, which is that you are yourself a recovering lawyer. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about your journey to law school. Oh, my journey to law school. So I grew up in
1: Montana, Helena, small town, and I just always kind of wanted to get out. I knew that I was very rural and that sort of thing. And my family life was not great to put it mildly. And so I was like, what is my easiest path out of Montana and out of my family situation? Meaning how do I become financially independent as soon as possible? Right. So my genetics are good. I knew I was smart. So I just put my head down and was like, academics are the way. Most of my friends had at least one parent who was an attorney. And so that, I already knew like, well, that's a really easy path. I'm smart, put my head down, go to a good school, get into law school, money and happiness. Here I come. (laughs) It's Mm. it's an exact science, right? (laughs) Exact science. A plus B equals C. (laughs) Yeah, you know, so I, you know, valedictorian, went to Northwestern for undergrad, just majored in whatever I wanted, like religion, religious studies, not. Like divinity stuff, so like really yeah, weird yeah. stuff and psychology was my second major and I was like I just knew I was going to law school so there we go right.
2: um
1: so um I was you know I already kind of had the sense that law school was going to be more conservative than I was <laughs> you know prepared for in a way so when i was looking at my law school options i was taking other things into consideration that a lot of people don't for example um i wanted to be able
0: to study abroad
1: in law school yeah. not something that usually factors <laughs> in for most people
0: no um, but i mean i love it because it, it certainly factored into where i went and it's what i do for a <laughs> profession oh, now so i, I love it, it. <laughs> yeah, no, we're yeah we're weirdos we're here yeah um
1: so and my study abroad had fallen through in um undergrad I was going to go to Norway and Denmark for a summer and I was like okay hmm. well since that didn't work out I want to try but I I didn't want to just go for a summer I wanted to go for a semester and so that combined with trying to find a place where I I wouldn't feel in a hyper competitive environment you know you always hear yeah. those horror stories about yeah. tearing out pages from books those old school stories I was like I, I do want to so you know when I got into schools and I looked at some like I remember I went to Georgetown and I was like whoa this is huge and a lot and yeah wow. and then yeah. I and so then um Minnesota University of Minnesota is where I ended up going uh and yeah a, the big a big factor was that it was uh they had a semester abroad program in Sweden which I was like my family is Swedish and I would be the first person to go back um, oh wow so, yeah and my undergrad didn't have Sweden that's why I was like Norway
2: Denmark yeah. close enough.
0: yeah so it I guess to Minnesota well. Scandinavia has a natural <laughs> yeah right it told totally me oh is. yes <laughs> um it's weird my
1: Swedish family is from Chicago um mm-hmm. and the other side of my family is from Minnesota so I kind of had yeah. connections to Chicago and Minneapolis already yeah um but you know and then I you know of course I really wanted to go to a good school in Minnesota I have no idea where it's ranked now but it was it was in the top 20 at the time yeah and it was public it was a bit cheaper not that much cheaper but you know, yeah um, it just, and it felt, you know, it was, it was the Walter Mondale school of law. So already you're like, yeah. oh, Walter yeah. Mondale. I, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're a little more relaxed here. Got it.
0: Yeah. And so did you enjoy it? Uh, no. No. <laughs> All right. So right out the gate, you're right like, out the gate.
1: Whoa. And you know, one of the, I would say the, probably one of the biggest factors that I wasn't completely aware of, um, I, I tried to get to the bottom of it, but I didn't have a lot of success was my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And mental illness is a big issue in my family. My mother in particular, um, she's bipolar. She's borderline personality disorder, um, lots of other things. And yeah, wow. I actually haven't spoken to her in 10 years. It was that was a big factor in my like abusive childhood. So um, I was genetically predisposed to something. I just knew I was right. But um, I didn't know what and I even went, I had been in therapy since I was a young child. because My parents got divorced and all that kind of stuff. So I wasn't, you know, um, a stranger to that. So I went and found a psychologist at the University of Minnesota and was like, hey, like, I'm really struggling. And she was basically like, Oh, yeah, you're in law school. (laughs) You're in law school. It's just stress. It's just, from what I understand, it's normal law school stress. Really? Because I am really panicky. And, you know, for the first time in my life, I was having test anxiety. And, like, the test would start and, like, my mind would literally go blank.
0: And, you know, it's not like the first time you were ever in a classroom. Like, you know, if that is something that's normal or, beyond Not. the pale. And yeah. like test taking was like my ticket out
1: of Montana, you know, right. like rock the SAT, rock the LSAT. Like right. here I am and then all of a sudden I can't write an exam. So I was like this is weird and um you know I had a lot of other things that I was bringing up she's like yeah that's just normal and I was talking about my family she's like yeah so what do you want to do your family's messed up like what do you want I was like okay
0: how, how does this person end up in that job I oh, know <laughs> I'm like I'm not I'm <laughs> trying to judge too much because I'm not as yeah like honest, but this sucks yeah um, I don't think you're good at this and
1: right, right. <laughs> and so I was like really even with my like family history and genetics she's yeah. like yeah you're probably fine um and so well, my mom's also like a recovering alcoholic, and she's like, "Yeah, I mean, just I wow. not to drink too much." I'm like, "Drinking's not even a problem." Okay, yeah. So, So that, like, I always had the sense something was wrong. Well, later on, after um, loss of my first um, boss, uh, the managing partner at my first law firm, he mm-hmm. he was like, "Hey, have you ever had a panic attack?" And I'm like, "What's that?" <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Well, here's what it looks like for me," and he describes something, and I was like. Oh my um, God. I feel that's all day, every day. That's yeah that's my existence. He's like, Okay, so you need to go back to a psychologist or a psychiatrist and you need to say the word panic attack.
0: Like, that's oh. so crazy that I mean, that's a really nice law firm to work at where they're that sort of oh know, yeah. Worried he, about you and I
1: mean he was the only one. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: In that yeah. firm. He's like, But really even excited. to have one. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for yeah. sure. I mean we I still we're still in touch. You know, I just, I love him so much. And, uh, so yeah, I got really lucky to find someone like him who was, you know, open with his own sort of anxiety. So I, I, I came to learn that I had, have generalized anxiety disorder, which was also characterized by panic attacks at the time, Yeah, but I haven't had panic attacks in years.
0: So you have a pretty like solid perspective of, you know, being aware of what your challenges are and trying to take care of yourself. That's what I'm like hearing. From yes. You. Yes. And um yeah,
1: I think that that's a big part of what kind of led me into the coaching area
2: too. Um, uh, so
0: you're at the law firm, you're not liking it. You're realizing that it's triggering some things for you. Yeah. And so sort of from the professional side, what were you what were you thinking there? What were you looking for? Well, it was interesting because
1: before, um, I had that little nudge from the partner to yeah. go back and get, and get to the bottom of this. Um, I just felt like, man, I've just lost my edge. You know, yeah. I was like this academic, uh, you know, I don't know, hard hitter superstar, whatever that was like my thing. And I guess I just burned myself out. Like those neurons couldn't fire anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just felt of like all of us lawyers that tell ourselves about, but I felt like a failure because my my performance wasn't where it used to be or where I wanted it to be yeah um and it was disappointing and I and at the same time I still felt like I was outperforming those people yeah at
0: yeah. my firm I probably not that you weren't performing yeah. it's just yeah. you know not like I was the
1: best attorney but I was like hitting all my marks and clients loved me that kind of thing and I was just and other people weren't It's like, oh and why are they getting raises oh like what's going on you know so I you know um that was part of it and like so the management side of things was frustrating I had one other associate and this was a small boutique firm um, but I had one um, colleague who she and I kind of were on the same page we were like man there's so much potential here but management man what's going on um yeah and you know it's like in law school we don't get any sort of business training any sort of yeah. management training so you know they're putting it up on the fly and now we yeah. started. I always say business. that
0: law firms are like the worst run businesses oh, and you know and this idea that that it's managed by all of the partners everyone has an equal say just mm-hmm. by the nature of the the setup is a terrible way to run a company. <laughs>
1: totally. I mean, and the, and the yeah. things that make you a good
0: attorney, yeah, are are do not make you a good business person.
2: Yeah,
1: like being yeah. super risk averse makes you a good attorney. Being super risk averse does not make you a good
2: business person yeah. manager.
0: Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. No. It's 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 a challenge of sort of inherent in the system of of how firms are structured. I think. <laughs> yeah, and it became
2: like
1: a recurring theme for me. In my yeah. career, was like, oh, oh management. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. lawyer management. Working for lawyers, you know? Yeah. It wasn't so much working with lawyers, because that's what I do now. You know, I right. still work with lawyers. I really do yeah. find lawyers to be really fascinating people. Um, but working for them in, like, a boss-employee dynamic? Yeah, was well, not, not not for you. Not great. <laughs> not great, you know? Um So then um, what happened is I have a friend back from high school. There were two high schools in my hometown Mm -hmm. and she went to the other one across town. So I met her um, like junior year of high school Um, and my bestie from my high school, we just kind of fell in love with her. We just like, Oh, we just love Molly. She's just like literally like sunshine. Um, She was like a fellow high achiever and all that kind of stuff. So um, she had like a what they call you know a yeah, portal, like, oh, yeah. crisis do you remember yeah. that sort of terminology back so she was like right in that thing um at that time and yeah. she had that, yeah right <laughs> she did the she did the whole like quit my job sell all my personal belongings like travel yeah. the world and figure out my shit and i was like oh that's <laughs> so molly like she's so dramatic she was told and she's like i'm so dramatic yeah. of course i have to do this thing um and so she like traveled the world with her then boyfriend. Mm-hmm now husband and for like, Ugh, it's like my dream my because she was like <laughs> yes right? and it was like for her it was like that's the only way i can get clarity because she was like i did i yeah. did all the right things you know i i was you know valedictorian and then um i went to cornell and i went to the hospitality school and i work at what i thought was my dream job in seattle managing their yeah. program at this hotel and i right I hate
2: <laughs> my life yep so um, i was like hmm. <sighs>
1: Odd, yeah. hmm, similar. And so I just, but I was just following her path. So she yeah. hit that before I did, but I just loved her so much that I was like on her email list and reading her blog posts. And she was started coaching. Uh, like that was what yeah. she realized she wanted to do when she got back. And she was coaching like women through their quarter life crises yeah. and group coaching and all these programs. And I'm like, that's really cool, Molly, but like I'm not going to quit being a lawyer. Like I knew I wanted to be a lawyer. I did this intentionally, yeah. I didn't fall into it. And that's what I'm meant to do, and but I'm going to keep following you because I love you. And right. then I had my little crisis, my own, and I was like, <laughs> "Hi, yeah." <laughs> I
0: was
1: like, "Hey, I think this might be a thing." And she had a program that was like do it yourself called the Joy Equation. And I'm like, "I am yeah. lacking joy so much. Let's do this." And it was very like low risk. It was only like I think she had like pay what you can, but the right. The yeah. main price was like one hundred and fifty, and I'm like, I'm paying full price yeah. because I'm committed to this, and that's going to make me be more committed if I pay the full price. Okay, so I worked through the it was a four mm-hmm. week self paced thing, and it was of great. And like, she had recordings, and you get an email every day with like prompt writing yeah. prompts and all that kind of stuff. I got two weeks through, two and a half weeks through, instead, and, said, and yeah. I didn't need to go any further. It's <laughs> like, got it. I'm not going to
0: be a lawyer. Wow done in two weeks from you know because what I hear from you which is maybe different than me and a lot of people is you like you said it wasn't a mindless thing that you fell into law you know so it's a big thing like for me I was like yeah "Yeah, I just ended up here so it would have was probably not that hard for me to let go of the idea of being a lawyer I mean it still was but for you for two weeks to turn around and take a lifetime and and decide so definitively is crazy but it it says something about timing as everything Yeah. yeah exactly because yes it was two and a half weeks in
1: that program right but it had been years of me questioning right what's going on um and so that i you know so that happened probably about a year into my process of applying and that sort of thing and knowing I I needed some sort of change and I was like and so I was like uh and this happens like in all coaching uh like they've done studies on like the arcs of like coaching and stuff and it's like the initial phase like the first like two weeks and it's like ah like epiphanies, this is amazing oh my gosh I figured it out and then like reality slips in you're like yeah holy shit like what oh yeah okay so now what and it's like Am I actually going to do something about this? Or am I just going right, to have this revelation right. and now I'm just going to be burying it and continuing on because that's all I know how to do. and It's all I'm willing to do because I'm too right. paralyzed by fear. Because right. that is going right to your lawyer brain. And it's being like, nope, nope, uh uh-uh. No, no, nope. no. Like, nope. You needed financial freedom. You needed physical freedom. You have all that. Right. Good, Good enough. enough. Right. And I was like, but no, but no, it's not. And so part of like the program that I went through, it was you know it's right. basically like do it your own coaching because like my live coaching, it's the same sort of thing. You start at this level of identifying what yeah. your core values are, which sounds very like hippy dippy, like blah, blah. yeah, it's important, um,
2: yeah, but it's
1: really powerful yeah. when you like you figure out what yeah. makes you tick and why. And I was like, freedom, freedom is this, yes, my top value. And I have
0: realized that about myself, that, and, and you, <laughs>
1: yeah. And that's something that you, you sort of touched on, you identified in me earlier in the podcast where you were saying, you know, that was like your ticket out. Like you knew like this, you know, law school was the right path for you to achieve your goals. And it was at that time for me, freedom looked like getting out of my dysfunctional family arrangement and like this rural community and being able to make my own way. And, and it was, it was the. It honestly it was probably the fastest way to do it to, to right, do that, right. and make that much money, and be independent. You know, Student right, loan right, debt right. notwithstanding, right? <laughs> still have all that. <laughs> thanks, right? Um, but um, so that was really the at the root of what uh, yeah. allowed me to realize that. I was like when I was examining my values and understanding that freedom was still my top value. I was like. But I don't feel free anymore. Right, I feel right. trapped again. You know, it, and your values don't change. Your values are pretty set from the time from like yeah. adulthood on. But if you're not clear on what exactly that yeah. mean, you can you can take more of like a sur- you can yeah. have a superficial. That makes on. sense. And that's what happened. Yeah, and you know I'm not unique in that. Yeah. That's so that's a human
0: thing. Uh, you know we can yeah, what we want. and so what did freedom mean to you then? So was, was that when you got into, how did you decide that coaching was your sort of met all of your core needs? Yeah. So that was like a little more bit of a windy road.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, and that's, and that's kind of where like the, the lawyers that contact me, that's kind of where they come to me and they're like, okay, I've realized I need to change. So, Yeah tell me what to do. Right. And I'm like, nope, (laughs) nope. Right. I can't, I can't. Um, I couldn't do it for myself, you know? And so, um, but what's going on there with us is we we're back in that fear of making a mistake. We're high achievers and we're like, okay, I feel like I made a mistake in this job or in my case in picking this career. I do not want to make another mistake. Okay. Fair enough enough. Like that's a good starting point, but we're already coming right. from a place of fear and, ident- and a place of what I don't want. And that's helpful and that's useful, but it's not enough to get yeah. you to that next spot where you're going to actually find find the next type of work that's going to um, be meaningful for you and, and be fulfilling and and meet whatever yeah. it is that you need out of work. Everyone has different requirements for what what hole in their life yeah, they absolutely. want their work to fill and as lawyers we've dug a pretty deep hole. Right. <laughs>
0: that's such fill. an interesting way of putting it yeah absolutely yeah right and you know and we
1: can it can stay that big we can decide you know what i don't want my work to take up that much of my life or that much yeah. of my identity anymore or like i do i actually you know i have a lot of clients that come to me and they're like listen i don't yeah. really like being a lawyer i'm just at a at a, yeah. an inflection point And I want to keep doing it. And the current way I'm going about it, this isn't feasible anymore. So I need to find a new way to do it. I don't know how. Um, And then there's, you know, those of us who are like in denial for years and years about
2: (laughs) what needs to happen. (laughs) And
1: I don't know, what was it like for you? I mean, Did you feel really energized when you kind of got to that point? and realizing okay I I did
0: it was I think for me I wasn't so so miserable and I think I kind of accepted from day one that I might not do this forever so it wasn't that hard for me Mm. to conceive of letting it go it was still a bit of a process like I remember when I told my dad who's also a lawyer and now is a law professor and I was like oh you know what's he gonna think and he was like Oh wow, that's great, Megan. You you know, it it didn't even occur to me I had a choice. <laughs> yeah, right. Like yeah, that was, you know. Was so my dad you, looked at me thinking, like- "Wow, I'm so I didn't have what you have, which is the ability to to question it and to walk away." And I you know he just he's like, "I don't even if I thought it was a choice, I I, I don't know if I could." And so anyway, I had a anxiety around what people would think, like my dad, and that turned out to be you know, totally unwarranted. Um, and I mean, I was, I think my bigger thing was I didn't know what else to do. (laughs) And that was my, that was my stress. Um, and I, you know, I talked to people, I tried to, for me, I was like, I thought about going in house and I was like, you know what, that's still just being a lawyer in a different place. I kind of, that was a point when I realized I was like, that's not a big enough jump. Like if I'm going to do it, i'm gonna do it um and honestly i don't think i was all that thoughtful because i was just like well uh i I had a friend who actually interviewed on on my first episode of this podcast who had gone back to school for a master's in in education and he went into career services yeah Yeah. and i knew i didn't want to do career services but at you know as someone who had studied abroad in law school and who loves to travel i was like there's a job at a law school that's more international focused and so that was sort of I was like that makes sense that's a thing I can get my head around I'm gonna go back to school and find a job in that so which is what I did I guess but um but I didn't I don't know I didn't I don't think I went back from what you're talking about which is to really ask myself the core questions about what it is I want um I think it worked out for the most part, but it wasn't as as thoughtful a process as it could have been. Um, <laughs> so I would definitely encourage people well, to to sort of start where you're talking about starting, which is really at the ground level, starting to understand yourself. Yeah. yeah well, if you can, I mean, and part of what I like to
1: tell my fellow lawyers is there's no one right way yeah. to go about this which is you know liberating in one sense but also very disappointing I Plus know want well, yeah I just, can execute step, steps follow it <laughs> right and it sounds like in your case um the right step was to just take that next yeah. logical comfortable yeah. step that's
2: not
0: always no no you're right and i think it was the right step for me um so i can't sort of i can't look back and be like "Ah, i messed that up because i think it was absolutely the right step for me but um i just think you know you look back and you're like i don't know how long i thought about that for not that
1: long Right. right well and um just to like you know play devil's advocate even a little step further let's
0: say you had
1: drilled down even further to get to the root of what you wanted to do
0: you may have chosen i think at at that moment in my life i would have i think it was the best possible thing given what i knew then and what my life experience was then yeah Mm -hmm.
2: and
1: and that can be part of um the frustration with some of us uh, trying to figure out like once you decide what you want to do if you're really excited about it you want to yes. do it like tomorrow like once i realized yeah. it i was like i want to quit and my husband's like okay cool let's talk yeah. um you know let's let's plan first um but you know f- so for some people they decide they want to do this and like this is what they want to do and i'm like cool so yeah. how are we going to get there and there's so many different ways to get there and y- ideally yeah you'd want to jump from right where you are today into that Ideal, you know, career yeah. or job or whatever. Right, it's not always possible. Whether you need just more experience, you know, you can't go to being general counsel of. Right, let's just say Hewlett Packard because we were talking about that before, and I had a client interview with like yeah. the general counsel there recently, and it's like, right, you don't just go and do that when you're like a, a fourth year associate, even no matter how phenomenal you are, you just you just don't have the all the, right. the life experience you need there. And that's okay, so let's work it back from there. What are some other ways you can gain that experience? What are some other ways that you can learn, like, okay, so what does it take to be a general counsel? Why do you think you wanna be general counsel? Okay, let's start talking to general counsels. They're gonna be different from, you know, what type of, you're gonna figure out what type of company you wanna be a general counsel for. Um, And go from there, and then you're gonna
0: deliberately pick the next stages in your career to gain that experience. yeah to set yourself up that just time. prompted a question in my mind again about sort of starting from the the beginning yeah. is like you know going in house seems like kind of a an obvious answer so someone might be like well i guess i want to go in house and become general counsel but ha- do you ever work with people who's like yeah. that seems like the answer because it's one that we can identify and we can work backwards towards in sort of a way that makes sense to us um and then but they haven't really gone and been like done the work of thinking about the fact that maybe they don't actually like practicing law and that ultimately that is still practicing law. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. so glad you asked that. <laughs> because,
1: And I think part of it is especially um, in like my, I, you know, I graduated 06. And so I work with a lot of people yeah. who graduated, you know, between like 2000, 2010. And then my other cohort is like graduated yeah. a long time ago. Um, so but in our sort of cohort, um going to law school was like sold to us as like you yeah. get a lot of you, you can do anything with like that. Hey, you can be a lawyer. You don't have to be yeah. a lawyer like a regular you don't have to yeah. get a firm, you can go in house. That's kind a quote unquote right. alternative <laughs> career. Or you, know, you can you go do that. You know, it's like a JD adjacent yeah. job. It's like what the yeah. f- what are you talking about? That's not a thing. So in our minds we're like, Oh well if you don't like practicing yeah. law, just go in house like it's a one size fits all. And so what I do with clients who bring that up again, this can, it can yeah. totally be the next right step for some people. But I say, you know, what I learned when I was in my like application blitz and interviewing blitz, which ended yeah. up as being for fun. It was fine. Um, but interview, I interviewed a, a bunch of different companies and they, and they were all clients that I worked, you know, that were clients mm-hmm. of mine at my firm. And even though I worked yeah. with them on that side and then was, um, interviewing on the, from another perspective, I can already tell that they, both of those, both, all of those, but yeah. you know, if I'm looking at two of them, they were completely different yeah. environments, you know, like, and so I'm able, and then having worked with clients over these past, you know, seven years when they're interviewing with, um, in-house companies or they've worked in house, you know we can share our experiences and say, yeah, well at this company, they basically just have an in-house law firm. They just run a law firm inside the company. It's just like an umbrella. It's its own thing. Like it, it's, it's not, it's not like there's no C-suite executive at the top of it. It's just, you're the lawyers. You just don't have billable hours, but they just work you to the bone anyway. Or you have, um, like very decentralized in-house counsel where they're like, yeah, everyone works remotely. There's no like, you know, real legal team. You just kind of work with each department yeah. within a huge company. So, so and it's like, right. oh, does that sound appealing to you? You're basically like a solo practitioner. What do you think? Right. Some people, that sounds great. Other people they are like, oh my God, that sounds horrible. Um, and so the point being, it's not like this easy next step or, right. or right. this monolith in-house it's it's a it's a whole other entity and yeah. it's a case by case So,
0: if if someone comes to you and they sort of are a little bit lost, they're like, "Look, I know I'm not happy. Maybe I've tried a couple firms or maybe I've, you know, tried a couple areas of law. Um I I'm pretty sure this is not what I want to do, but I have no idea what my next step would, would be like, how do you start working with someone like that? What are the stages that you go through when coaching someone? Yeah. Right. So,
1: um, I have a four step process and it's, I, I really kind of down, try to downplay it like on my website because I don't, I really don't want yeah. it to seem like a formula, right? I don't want people to be like, okay, i get in and I'll get that's what so we're all looking
0: I, for, right? Because um, we love it. <laughs>
1: I know, like that's what I wanted. I like the whole thing, right? Um, but, uh, but at the same yeah. time, of yeah. course, I have yeah. a process that I work through um, for everyone. Um, but it's, it's so individualized right. within that framework. So, I, you know, everyone we start, even before our, I, I have my first, coaching call with someone I have them complete a bunch of um, like exercises and assessments and not like you would like I do a strengths assessment through the University of Pennsylvania because um, my coaching training is in strength based mm-hmm. and positive psychology coaching and so I just want to know where people's natural strengths lie so that I'm not trying to get them to learn a new strength and right do all these right. really uncomfortable things i just want to know like oh you're already you know really good at critical thinking because like right. 99.9% of my clients yeah. that's like their top strength i'll right.
0: imagine that is it the strength thinking, finder test or is it a different okay no
1: it's different it's um mm-hmm. it's called the via strength character assessment um v-i-a yeah. i don't remember what that stands for but um, the University of Pennsylvania is where Martin Steeligman, the father of positive psychology, mm-hmm. started this new discipline. Um, and so anyone who wants to look into positive mm. psychology, Martin Steeligman, he's the guy. Pop it into um, a Google the, your Google <laughs> machine. Yeah. And, and I can say, um, I'm sure like we could even say yeah. like the, the notes, but um, his book, Learned Optimism, How to Change Your Mind and Life. I know it sounds kind of hippy-dippy now that I say it out loud, yeah. but he's a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's done, like, all this research and studies. And so this one is really good for um, yeah. rewiring your brain to get you out of those patterns of thinking that a lawyer's mind yeah. has been trained yeah. to think. And so that when we tell ourselves these stories about, blah, blah, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm a failure, being able to stop yourself, like, oh, okay, what's going on? Like, let's actually look at what's, yeah. what the data is what's happening what are the possibilities what's more likely yeah. that's going on and sort of reframing so so that's where so he that's where all that comes from so it's it's like a 20 minute thing it's like yeah you know filling in the bubbles on the online then people just kind of like email me the results and then I have surprise surprise yeah. a values exercise that I have people go through um and try to narrow it down to eight values um and there's also just like writing prompts and things that I try to help sort of like yeah. get, get them to back right. into it so it doesn't feel as hard. So that when we hop on our first call, it's like, we're not engaging in like what seems like therapy, you know? And I'm like, right. so tell me about your past, you know, like, how yeah. did you get into the lawyering? And what do you, no, it's like, okay, I know this about you. So I kind of go through and we like get the same vocabulary yeah. going. I'm like, okay, so where do you want to go? What do you want to do ideally? And where I like to take people, it's like, take them right out of that lawyer way of thinking from the beginning because we're thinking like we think we know what we want to do but our first thoughts are why we can't do it what's going to go wrong how we could fail it's how so hard it
0: could because be. we're trained to to see all of the issues yeah. like that is one of the things we are best at yeah. and it's so hard to break that approach to thinking about anything yeah and that's why it's so hard and that's why I yeah. keep saying
1: like lawyer yeah. brain because that's what it is and, you know, we go to law school and we're going to think the same way again and everyone's going to be annoyed by yeah. you who's not a lawyer. All true. Yes. And so what's really kind of like the, the weirdest, you know, conundrum about it is the, the better you are at being a lawyer, the harder you are on yourself yeah. as a person and the, the more your, your personal yeah. well-being suffers. And but the thing, the, the positive thing to that is it's, it's just your brain. You can retrain it. We trained it right. to be so true. lawyerly <laughs> and you can keep that part of your brain. Like you're lear- but we're going to learn how to compartmentalize that stuff so that in your personal side of life, you know, for a long time, you're still going to have those impulses where your first thought is nope, too, nope, too risky. Yep. Nope. Can't afford it. What are people going to think? Too afraid. Don't know how. Yep too old. Um, and that's okay. But what we start to learn first is, okay, stop, stop. Let's, let's yeah. And that's my job is at the beginning. It's to be like, okay, I hear you. And that is, that is so yeah. Like, yeah. relatable. <laughs> and you're not alone. We all feel that way. Um, and I think that's a big part of this for us lawyers, like be, like being, being told that it's okay and being given permission to like just talk about this stuff without fear of yeah. being judged and it's hard because like I mean I'm super judgy and I think a lot of that comes from being a lawyer because it's like yeah. judging and assessing and you know whether I think I'm doing that or not I may, I may not be putting like values onto those judgments but we all kind of right. judge and assess each other right and so we're hypersensitive to that and we're very concerned about. Well, This is what other people people are going to think. I can't cut it. People are going to think I was just like horrible at being a lawyer. And that's why I'm not going to do it. And it's like, well,
2: okay,
0: maybe. Can you really control what people are going to think about it? Right. And like, are you really showing them by (laughs) staying somewhere you're miserable? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like what, I mean, you can keep doing what you're doing and being concerned
1: with how's it working. Do you want, you can keep doing it. It's okay. I'm not, I, I don't, I don't mind whatever you want to do. I'm here yeah. to support you. You tell yeah. me. And we're going to work around it. So that's where we start. And I, you know, I just kind of start to just question some of these. Uh, another way to think of it is yeah. like the stories we tell ourselves. Ourselves. You know, we tell ourselves we have to use our law degree. We have to get our money's worth. Like, I'm not allowed to switch jobs. Even within the legal field, people are like, well, I've only been at this job for like a year. I can't. I need yeah. to stick it out for another yeah. year or two. Why? Yeah. Why? Tell me why. Tell yeah. me where it's written. Tell me why. What's the fear? Well, I just feel like I'm not going to come across. Okay, well, that's right. something we can right. fix. You're a lawyer. We can put together a persuasive argument as to why you need to leave this job and why you're going to be able to help this other right, firm right or company now. They need. We're going to be able to make an argument for why they need yeah. you now. They're like, oh, <laughs> oh, <I guess> so. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, they're like yeah,
0: like I want to hire you right. now. Like, right. exactly. Yeah. It's sort so, of just your whole perspective. You like, just have to this. like allow yourself to have this different perspective on it.
1: Yeah. And so that, it starts by me sort of, you know, questioning those things. And then once we get there, I can, you know, I launch people into this instead of, you know, I want you to go and think about what, what type of work you want to do, not necessarily titles, but like what type yeah. of stuff do you like to do? You know? And like, what, like in, and I'll, I have all these like writing prompts I send to people and they're like what are these about and I'm like I kind of don't want to tell you because I yeah. don't want you to filter, but it's to figure out like what in your past like what do people come to you for advice about yeah, whether it's at work or in your personal life or like what are you like insanely good at like what do people know you're like freaking yeah. good at I don't care if it's work right. or not work related or not you know and talk about that stuff and then I say. You know, that's the stuff I want you to brainstorm about. And instead, when your brain starts to say, Well, that's not realistic, or I don't have the training, or I'm like, you're not yeah. allowed, you're not allowed to do this. Yeah. <laughs> For this exercise, you're just straight up not allowed. And when you start to question it, instead, what you are supposed the question you have to ask is right. how could it go right? What's the best case scenario yeah.
2: if I were to do this?
1: And then from there, it's, okay, so what would you do if you knew it would be easy and you knew that you wouldn't fail?
0: Oh my gosh, the answers
1: people come up with are like so
0: I can only imagine the difference between what do you, what do you think you want to do before having thought about any of this and what the answer to that question would be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it seems like it should be easy, uh, you know. And it's it's not like you you know I can't, I can't like ask people on like the first time I ever right. meet them like hey so if you knew you were gonna be successful yeah. what would you do because people are like oh I guess I would um you know make right, a partner right. and have a big book of business and retire yeah. early cool I'm super <laughs> excited
2: <laughs> I can just hear you writing right, up and talk right. about it.
1: No, man, like, what would you, what would you really do? You know, and for some people, it's just like this sense of like, well, I, you know, I kind of always wanted to be a sports master yeah. on ESPN. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well,
0: you're obviously not going to do that tomorrow. Yeah. Let's figure out why. Yeah.
1: You
2: yeah. Know? Although like, I've interviewed two things? people like, that went what? on
0: to be, leave the law to be news anchors. So it's right. two people. I oh, there's such an interesting, like, <laughs> yeah. with, like journalism. Like, <laughs> so, you know, it sounds crazy, yeah, but it's not but as crazy as... We're making it seem to us.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So
1: that's yeah. like that's step two, is getting to the point where you uh, you're giving yourself permission to look at the possibilities from a different perspective, rather than cutting yourself off yeah. from those possibilities from the get go. It's like being like, it's okay. Like you don't have to think about the potential for failure or like yeah. calculate the risks or just assume right. like, nope, that's not an option. No, we're gonna assume that it's actually the best option in the world. Right, what could happen right. if you did it? And and another thing to think about in this stage for anyone who's here there is um if you're really unhappy, you know, and not everyone yeah. comes to me as super unhappy, but if you're if you're just yeah, you, know, you have that
0: sense of ennui where you're just like, ugh, just really unhappy. <laughs> ennui was like the word um, just, of but, and you're, like my friends and and I at my firm it was just like ennui. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, gonna have to post this picture. There's this uh like, Grimm's fairy tale thing where there's an alphabet with all these like miss like kids getting killed weird ways. It sounds really weird when I describe it. But but N is for Neville who died of ennui. So we always say that. Right. Neville. I'll post this on the right. Instagram so people so, don't think I'm insane. <laughs>
1: no, I'll post I I yeah. like Um but So it's the, uh, even if it's like on we, right. But if you're, and and you're successful, you know, you're doing it, you're moving up, you're, you're good at your job, but just imagine how different you would feel and maybe even how different your results could be. If you were in a job that you actually cared about or energized about, and I'm not talking passion and that kind of bullshit, like save that for other things. If you happen to be passionate. Fine. I'm under the I'm of the mindset where I'm like I don't want to ruin my passion okay? <laughs> right. so people kind of get hung up on you know well I'm not passionate about it okay like oh well, I'm not passionate about saving right. attorneys and their careers right I love it I, I feel like it's a really great thing to do and I, I feel really good about what I'm yeah. putting out into the world that's enough for me yeah. and that can be enough for you too. it can be right. even less than that it could just paycheck if that's what it needs to be for you you decide how big right. that pool is that you want to fill that with work yeah. you get to decide so you know that's where the possibilities kind of thing comes in and then step three is figuring out okay let's you just have to decide <laughs> just yeah. pick something and that's really hard again because we go back to the mistakes and all that kind of stuff and um when I first meet people I say you know this is going to be messy it's going to be non-linear and that's okay yeah. You know, like for me, I didn't, like you asked me, how did I figure out I wanted to do coaching? I didn't have that epiphany. Like, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to quit being a lawyer. I'm going to be a coach. There were so many other things I considered. Like I was going to be like a a travel hacking um, travel agent on my list. (laughs) Because I figured for me, adventure is
2: the top value.
1: And I was like, you know, I I had my big epiphany on on a flight to South Africa to go on safari. I was reading books. And I was like, that's it. I'm starting my own business. I'm yeah, know what? Yeah, like <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's so exciting. I'm like, oh my god, but if I quit? Like, I'm not gonna have the money to travel. Like, yeah. I switch to New Zealand and going on safari. And I want to. I can't stop. That's a big part of who I am. And okay, let's find another way. Yeah. I'm like travel hacking, credit card points. I can yeah. still do all the things. I was like maybe that's what I do for people, other people. So I like explored doing that, and I was like, yeah, yeah. That sucks. And I only like do yep. it for myself. You know, but that's okay. And so it'd it be giving yourself that permission and having like creating the space for yourself right. to experiment right. and try thats step four experiment. But before you get there, you just, you have to pick something so right. you can create your strategy. So pick where, ideally, where would you like to be in five years based on what we've learned about your values and what we've, what you've imagined as the best, the best case yeah. scenarios yeah. for you. And then factoring in what, what your like real life needs are. Money is a big deal. Anyone who tells you, don't worry about it. You can figure out the money.
0: Yeah. full oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Figure out the money yeah, first. totally.
1: Figure out the money first. That doesn't mean you're going to be making, you have to make the same amount. I went from right. six figures to zero. Yeah. But we planned for it. We planned for it. Because I wanted to be present with my kids. Because my childhood was so tumultuous and traumatic. I was like, I know that I'm going to have to work extra hard at being a mom and being the kind of mom I want to be. It's not something that I learned. And so, you know, in tandem with like my mental health support and all that kind of stuff, like it's
0: going to be a full
1: time job for me, and I can't. And it's important to you.
0: You value doing that job better than whatever other job you would have been doing.
1: Yeah, because I was like, well, and as much money as I was making like all of my like
2: expendable yeah.
1: people was going to go to daycare
2: yeah
1: oh and then all that whole thing's like that's ah, just not whatever but you know just thinking about that the, the struggle I had to go through to think I'm going to be like a part-time stay at home mom no 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 like smart yeah that's women a whole do that.
0: other challenge for sure like balancing that
1: yeah like smart women don't do like for, this is so weird it's such a dated reference but like it uh, was. It's the Julia Roberts movie, oh. Mona Lisa Smile. I
0: don't even know if it's...
1: that thing. Really, do you remember that she was like a a, a professor yeah. at
0: Yale yeah.
1: or you no? Know, it wanted like the women's college at Harvard or something like that. And she had these really bright students, and it was like in the fifties yeah. or sixties, you know. And so like it was when women would go to it was right, you know, right. Least, like finishing school in a way, but to be really smart so you could yeah. converse with your cool. husband type stuff. And Julia Roberts was this new like feminist type professor coming in with these ideas I'm like no right. you can go to law school you yeah. can be a doctor like you can be a prof- you do all this and julia styles character was like she applied to yale law school but she yeah. didn't really want to and she made the decision she's like i'm just i'm getting married now yeah and i want to have family and julia roberts character like goes to her house and lo- literally knocks on her door she's like yeah. don't give up don't give up don't settle and she's right like, but i'm not I'm a smart woman. Let yeah. me make my decision. This is this is not yeah. me throwing my yeah. life away. And I, was, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, this is so cliche. But like, I was like, that's why that I never really understood why I like right. liked that scene so much. But, yeah,
0: it, uh, yeah, resonated for the record. Yeah. Ugh. Being a mom is I like mean, the hard I don't have mom. kids, and I'm lo- like, oh, no, that looks hard. I am a very good aunt. I like yes, to fly right. in, be high energy, oh. and then leave.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so really, I think it comes, to, you know, it comes down to, um, and I think some people would say being open-minded. Sometimes yeah. I'll tell people it's being experimental, but really what it is, yeah. it's, it's telling yourself that it's okay to consider these other possibilities yeah give yourself permission to just be gentle with yourself and yeah. not judge every little thing when you're thinking about your career
0: yeah Ugh, that's really good advice i was i was just going to ask you what sort of <laughs> what you thought was uh you know characteristics or thought patterns of people who sort of successfully work through this this program mm-hmm. um but maybe open-minded is a big one. Yep, yeah, it's being yeah. open-minded. It's being open to
1: try things, which is really, really hard. Yeah. And that's part of like the whole, uh, the lawyer brain thing. And, you know, resilience is a big part. And, yes. um, you know, there's this study that has been like some studies, but a recent one came out. And of course, I don't have the info in front of me right yeah. now, but it was talking, it found that lawyers are extreme, like extremely low in resilience.
0: Yes. I saw you post that somewhere and I was like, that seems right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so it's like, so you know, this is statistics, though, so I won't
1: get into it too yeah. much. But it's like, you know, the general population uh, uh, when we're they're setting resilience, like the general population clusters around fifty percent. That's normal. Yeah. Um, lawyers cluster around thirty percent. With wow, uh, but and ninety percent of all lawyers are below the fifty percent mark. Wow. And wow. that's a function of lawyer brain right it's a function right. of just spotting issues and being like nope 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 right like too risky nope that's wrong
2: that's bad
0: yeah nope or even if you that. see yourself going down the, if it hasn't gotten bad you're just like uh don't even get on that road because mm-hmm. i could see myself then needing to be resilient and i don't want to put myself in that situation wow. <laughs> right and yeah. resilience is it's a skill it's a muscle yeah. it can become a strength yeah Um, I I think that's so important. And I think that's true of a lot of things is I think, um, I've mentioned this book before, but mindset and the idea that, you know, I think a lot of lawyers have a fixed mindset, which is listen, I was born really smart and I've got a lot of things going for me, but this is, you know, this is my box of tricks and I, you know, they're good. And so I can't, I can't leave this box because that's what I have. I can't learn new things, oh. I mean, which, of course, people don't think they can't learn anything new. But I think there is sort of a idea that you couldn't learn resilience. You couldn't learn open-mindedness. You couldn't learn um, to be less risk averse, you know? Yeah. Well, and to to that point, I mean, if, if law
1: school taught us one thing, it was how to teach ourselves to learn new things. Yeah. 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 You have to. You have to be able to learn new things, and you have to figure out how you're going to do that. You're always. You know. You don't learn and memorize every type of law.
2: It's yeah. Not possible. Yeah. So
1: you're taught the one thing law, law school is good at doing is training your brain to figure things out. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I'm like, you're really smart. Like, like you're saying, you're really yeah. smart, and you know how to do all these things. This is nothing different. Right. It's just a new skill, and it can be developed into a strength. It just takes practice. So. To your, to your question about what, you know, what, what helps people through this. Persistence is another thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and lawyers have that in spades. You know, you can't become a lawyer without a, a healthy dose of persistence. Right. Yeah.
0: Oh man, this is such a good conversation. I could keep having it <laughs> for like two more hours, I but uh, we're already running pretty long. So I know I, I feel so know. bad. <laughs> no, no, don't feel bad. It's it's been so good, but I I want to start wrapping up and say, see if um you know are there any particular resources? I mean, I'll ask you at the end how people can reach you. But aside from your from your your resources, like any books you mentioned, the learned optimism, yes. Um, anything else you'd sort of point people towards um anyone who feels like they just absolutely don't want
1: to be a lawyer anymore and are open to any sort of thing the hundred dollar mm-hmm. startup is the right. book that I was reading when I had my like you know epiphany like the classic yeah. stereotypical moment that you never think you're gonna have on the airplane.
2: right, right. Like, that's
1: it um so yeah. that's like Chris Gillibo. Uh yeah. so it's old, he's updated it, but it, it's it's just it really like lowers the bar for um like the entry into starting a business. Like you only need a hundred yeah. bucks. You, you don't need right. a fancy website, you don't need it, just do it. Just right. do something, just start. It doesn't yeah. have to be perfect, which is yeah. so hard to hear, right? It's very hard to <laughs> <laughs> So those are probably yeah. along with learned optimism. And they're you know, yeah. the learned optimism it reads like a little researchy. So that one yeah that's more if you're like really like a nerd like a psych nerd (laughs) kind of thing like i will, um yeah but so books that's it or if you're into uh brene brown yes um as far as like shame resilience you know she's a shame researcher daring greatly is the she has so many books daring greatly is the one that is uh tends to encapsulate them all without being repetitive yeah. and gets to the point yeah so that's another mm-hmm. one if anyone anyone's into the self-help thing yeah she's yeah good for us lawyers. i feel
0: like people think that's like a dirty word and i do not at all i feel yeah. like there's very useful things a very i mean you know it's not all Woo woo, you know, I mean maybe it is woo woo, but it's also helpful. So well, this stuff be- is all data, it's all backed in <laughs> right. science. That's for yes. me like that's my logical. She's a scientist, right? Like it sounds like oh a research shame but it's like, no, she's actually she does like research, research. <laughs> I know, my husband you was know? like, I actually looked into looked into
1: Brene Brown and you're like she she's actually like yeah. a like a PhD. i like I'm like, what yes. did
0: you think I meant? <laughs> yeah I she's a shame researcher (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so I think just I just hope to give people permission to like you know maybe expand the realms in which you think are like helpful resources yeah yeah so that's that's right there um
1: podcasts yours of course (laughs) um but also there's lessons from a quitter yes I love that one with goalie um yeah so she has people on she, I mean, she has some people on where even I'm like, dang, how do you go from being a lawyer to that? Yeah. Uh, so those yeah. are, the, those are like, that. those are okay. cool, but, um, yeah, I, I, for, I like your, my preferences for your podcast just because, uh, it's more, it's less fantastical in a way. Right. You know, right. I, I like the process that your guests can walk us through. I, so so that's, well, that's just sort of like a, yeah. a contract there. If you, want, if you want to hear yeah. about someone who like started two like multimillion dollar businesses while being an attorney, go oh, check that one out. It's, right. All right. things are possible, friends.
0: I think there are also times when you're in the mood for being like, okay, I'd like like sort of a more nitty gritty realistic thing. And sometimes yeah. you need to be like truly inspired. You know, they're just different moments and oh, sure. what you're looking to hear.
1: Yeah. Thank you for yeah. that. That's like basically what I talk about in my process. Step two. Yeah. Go big. imagine, <laughs> figure it out. What could go by yeah, right? yeah,
0: exactly. Yes. Okay, so how can people find you, Annie? I am,
1: I have a website, thejdnation.com. Um, mm-hmm. and I spend most of my time on LinkedIn,
0: Annie Little. Um yeah. that's just me right there. Um All right. Excellent. Well, I um I just can't thank you enough for doing this. It's been really, really helpful. And um, you know, it's some of these things are like, Oh yeah, I feel like it. But then to speak to someone who does this professionally and for you to sort of really outline what is helpful and what the process can be and what the options are, I just think is, I don't know. I just think it's really, really helpful. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And you know, you, not everyone needs
1: a coach to do this. Yeah. You know, you, you didn't have a coach. Yeah. I, I did. Yeah. I needed one bad. Um, but you know but just do what the best advice on that is to just do whatever allows you
0: to create that space to explore yeah yeah that's great all right annie well thank you again it was an absolute pleasure oh thank you it's so much fun All all right bye bye